0: So um, I just think about thanksgiving and the giving of thanks uh, for us, and it's an American tradition, and yet it's not just an American tradition. When I open my Bible, um, Saints of Old, First Chronicles chapter 29, we give you thanks. Um, again, the psalmist, he writes it. It's not just what he says, it's what he sings. Let's come before him with thanksgiving and extol him, extol him, honor him with music and song. So we don't just say it, we sing it, we chant it, we, because then it becomes part of our heart. And so it was no uh, surprise when the church is birthed after Jesus pays for our sins and establishes his band of followers, the believers known as the called out ones, the church. It's no surprise that he says, I urge, uh, first of all, that prayers, petitions, requests be made, that... Why? Because we want to be people who are known for thanksgiving, for giving of thanks. And so it's, it's no surprise to us that when, when our country's founded and we give thanks, this is a continuing a tradition that's hundreds, thousands of years old because we have been blessed so much. I did a little word count this week um, just as it relates to thanks. And in the Bible, in an English uh, translation Bible, the word thanks uh, shows up or thank shows up 133 times. That could be thank, thanks, thanksgiving, anything else with the word thank in it. 133 times is just a lot. And we wanna be thankful people, right? But then when I, I, my mind wandered to the word believe, it, there's even more for believe, 289. And pray, 367. And then love, it doesn't surprise me, 686. It's, there's a lot of love in the Bible. What surprised me was the word give or gave, uh, or in giving, because we have the word thanksgiving, that word appears over 2,000 times. All together now, oh. Because when something appears that many times, that means he's pretty serious about it. It only takes once, you know. Um, like the dad who says to his child, what part of no don't you understand? You know, like how many times do I have to go over this? he goes over it that many times but you know it, the words thanks and giving are merged together even in the new testament paul writes to the church in corinth and he says thanks be to god for his indescribable gift get this you and i have a gift and we are saying thanks to god that's our whole life and it's our whole life why because he gives us this gift who is that gift that the gift is jesus so when we say thanks we are saying thanks by by giving some food and packing a shoebox and we'll give, you know, to different funds and we'll give to different nonprofits certainly to the church to the lord's work. But that's not all. We're doing it because we really are saying thanks to God for this gift of Jesus who is eternal life through Jesus Christ our lord. That's a wonderful gift we can never outgive or never say thanks enough for, it. right church? So That's why I I find it interesting that the Bible, and even our own American holiday, it's called Thanksgiving. It's not called (laughs) thanks-taking. Hi, I'd like that, please. (laughs) Or nor is it called thanks-spending. That's Friday, uh, (laughs) thanks-spending. Thursday's called thanks-eating, but right now we're gonna call it thanksgiving. And that's what it really is. So don't miss out. Don't miss out on giving in a tangible way. Um, I I like what Winston Churchill said. He says, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Isn't that good? Yeah. So I want you to live out your faith and live out your thanks by giving to God. And, And by that, you may do it through an organization like this one, like South Potomac, and you may do it through giving like giving to benevolence, which is good. But I want you to always remember that when you give, it's because you're giving because of an indescribable gift of Jesus. And I wanna just describe from the book of Proverbs, we're in the series in Proverbs called Wise Moves in Life. I wanna give to you about five components of a real generous person. And here's what I observe from the Proverbs themselves. Number one, generous people tend to be happy. They just tend to be happy. Uh, did you ever notice you never had to teach your child when they were an infant or toddler you never had to say gimme you never had to teach them those words right gimme mine did you ever have to say mine no somehow they learned that and and yet a generous person it says in proverbs 11 whoever refreshes others himself is refreshed and you know that to be true when you have gone and blessed someone you know you're blessed There's a smile on your face You're in town, you just got off the bus, you're on the way to the office, and there's a lemonade stand. You buy lemonade, you don't even like lemonade, but you buy lemonade, you get around the corner and you just pour it out into a trash can. But you bought the lemonade and and it was 50 cents a cup and it wasn't worth a nickel, but you paid a buck for 50 cent lemonade. But you, you made their day by helping them fundraise, but you made your day too, because whoever refreshes others, the Bible says you're refreshed, you feel better for it. You've gone to bless somebody, and you yourself are blessed, you know it to be true. Generous people tend to be happier people, and scientists tell us it's almost like a morph that takes place, it's like an endorphin, because you feel better about life in general when you tend to be a giver. Secondly, generous people take the initiative in life. Proverbs chapter 21, all day long he craves for more, but the righteous, they give what without sparing, they just keep giving, they just keep giving. It's what they do, why, because they know the back shelf is the Lord's. And so they know that they're never ultimately going to give, to, to give out. So they never stop. And what happens is good people who give, they do get weary. That's why the New Testament says don't grow weary in well-doing because you will reap a harvest if you just don't give up. So they may stop for a while. You may have to back up for a while. But understand, generous people tend to take initiative because they see the opportunity and they know they cannot give the Lord. Thirdly, generous people are, tend to be blessed people. Proverbs chapter 22, the generous will themselves be blessed, and they share their food with the poor. Generous people tend to be blessed, but they are blessed, and maybe sometimes physically blessed, but they know deep down when it really counts, they are blessed people. Why? Because they know the value of giving back. And then fourthly, uh, we we tend to be uh, and when we are generous people, we tend to know w- that we are rewarded. There is a reward that comes from self-reward. You know you feel better about it, but then you know there's ultimately a reward. Proverbs 19, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he'll reward them for what, they're do- what, they, what they've done. Get this, when you, when you are kind to the poor, well, what are the poor? The poor are people who could never pay you back. Okay? That's just, that's what that is. And so you can make a loan to them, you know you're never gonna see that back again, okay? In fact, let me just give you some free advice, you ready? Write this on the side, it's not your notes. This is free, not on the final exam. If you have a nagging person who's just annoying to be around and you don't like them around, loan them money. (laughs) They will avoid you. Just a little tidbit there. From one wretched sinner to another. So when you lend to the poor, or when you give to the poor, knowing you're never gonna be paid back, who is backing that loan? The Lord is. (laughs) You can't, there's no risk to this. I was talking to my mom a few years ago. My dad passed away, and my mom's trying to manage money. The only problem with it is she's never done it for the first 100 years of her life. you know. And she goes, oh, your dad always did this. and um, so then I start to monitor her checkbook, and she goes in to get the oil changed and comes out with a $1,200 bill. And so I, the next time I fly to Florida, this is a few years ago, I fly to Florida, I go down to that car place where they change oil, and I go, ah, you just took advantage of a widow. In other words, and then I say, I'm a preacher, which is code for I can send you to hell. <laughs> no, no that's but anyway, he said, who are you and where are you from? I said, well, that's my mom. You took advantage of her. She came in for an oil change. Well, she needed her tires rotated. And then there's some hoses that were bad. The hoses were new. How do you know? Because I had the receipt. She changed them a year ago, right after dad died. Because we wanted everything to be good. We don't want a hose to go bad with my, my There's no dad there. So we had everything, all the belts. And we changed everything, just in case. How do you know? So this $25 or $35 oil change. So, I'm watching my mom's money through the, because we get online and we watch, bless you. And then, you can move away if you want, it's okay. (laughs) So then she has in her checking account like $30,000 in her checking account. Here's the problem with that. She's gonna leave that card somewhere in the grocery store. So I'm going, put it someplace. And she goes, like, where? I go, just only leave $1,000 in there and then put the rest in some savings account somewhere. And, and then she calls me. She goes, D- David, I'm I making interest. She's like, I'm making money. I could feel she's got the band and the headband going. I'm making money. I go, good for you, Mom. How much are you making? She goes, 0.001%. I <laughs> go, you're in a savings account, aren't you? And I I'll roll you over, Mom, I'll kiss you. She has no idea what rollover means. Just, 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 but understand, she just wanted the money to be, I want the money to be secure, so that when she needs it, she's got it. Because she's gonna need to change her oil again for $1,200. <laughs> I know that. You just want that money to be secure, right? You want that money back. So I didn't want her to put it in any risks, right? Are you with me on this? And so, I'm, because I'm, we're not playing, Mom. I got, you know, when we run out of money, mm, you're moving in the basement. That's nobody's, no one's happy with that. So trust me, Mom, we're going to take care of you. Why? Because I don't want you moving in my basement. That's why. <laughs> I got enough already here. So I want her money to be very secure. Understand this. When you use the Lord as your bank, you can't get more secure. Go back to that proverb. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. That bank is secure. That's not a... That's not a, a shady sketchy loan this will never get ripped off why because it's the Lord and when you give like that and you loan like that you don't even need recognition you don't need a plaque you don't need an award a certificate nothing why because you got the Lord's backing generous people know that the reward if it isn't now it will be one day and that's a great thing number five generous people have a better greater worldview it's just a greater worldview. It's a larger worldview. I put this in two versions because the, uh, the, the message, paraphrase, really gives it to us, but the International Bible says it this way. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. That's true. One person, they, they give, they give away, they're generous, and yet, yet they always seem to get more back. I, I don't understand it. And yet, yet, when a person withholds unduly, they come to poverty, so the people who are stingy, they tend to always be tight with their money. They're always tight with their money. The message puts it this way, the world of the generous gets larger and larger, and here's what I see. I see people who are generous, even when they're giving beyond their, their to the ultimate of their ability, they know that the Lord is the ultimate provider, and so they don't worry about it, why? Because they know the Lord has always come through, And he always will come. So we don't know how, but that's the walk of faith. And so they get a better perspective on life. They get a larger, greater perspective on life because their world is bigger, because their God is bigger, okay? Get all that down, and, and, and you'll find yourself saying, yeah, the Proverbs just gives us insight about what we know to be true. Generous people just tend to be happier, healthier. They tend to have better... Um, better perspective on life and their world is a lot larger now proverbs doesn't end right there proverbs actually gives us another illustration of this and it does it on the negative side and i love this word picture the proverbs says this in proverbs chapter 30 and here's a great lesson from nature the leech has two daughters two daughters their names are give give okay there are three things that are never satisfied. Proverbs 30, verse 15, 16. There are four things that never say enough. Here they are. Number one, the grave. Number two, barren woman, uh, the barren womb. Number three, land which is never satisfied with water, so it's parched land. And then number four, fire. Fire never says enough. Stop right there. There are four things that never say enough. They always are consuming. It's always overwhelming. Okay? And... And it's the grave. It, it never gives back. It always takes, right? And a barren woman, that's what she thinks about. I wish I could have a child. If I could only have a child, it's, it's just consuming. And then there's this land that never has enough water. It's even when you pour water and it just rolls off. Why? Because it's so parched. And fire just burns until it burns out. You've seen that before. I love it, though, in that word picture, the word leech. Let me just unpack that for you for a moment. This is a leech, it's a cute little animal, isn't it? A leech is an aquatic terrestrial annelid worm with suckers at both ends. Many species of blood-sucking parasites, oh, that's creepy, enough of that. Blood-sucking parasites, so they're sucking blood off, but, but they go especially after vertebrates, <laughs> that's us. And other predators, so they, they go after and then they suck blood, you know this to be true right? All right, interesting thing about a leech. When a leech attaches to you, and I started just reading up on this this week, because I thought, why did Solomon use the word leech? Uh, With all the animals in the animal kingdom, why does he go after with a leech? When a leech attaches to you, it immediately puts on uh, uh, an anesthetic. You may not know what that is. That's a numbing agent, you know what an anesthesiologist is? The anesthesiologist is the man or woman, it's the doctor who's at your head, and they're putting they're pumping chemical into you while you're in surgery, to keep you asleep so you don't wake up and go running out of the operating room screaming. They want to keep you asleep. That's what an anesthetist or an anesthesiologist does. Their job is to numb you and to keep you down. Guess what the leech does when he attaches to you. He immediately puts on you this numbing agent, so you don't know he's there, okay? Then he goes to do what he does, which is he sucks your blood, which is your life. By the way, and and by the way, the Bible says the blood is in the life. We didn't know that, and a couple hundred years ago in America, in the United States of America, we would put leeches on people to suck blood out of them, thinking, oh, the blood is sick, let's take the blood out. (laughs) Bad idea. The good news is we drained all the bad blood. The bad news is the guy died. Yeah. And so we realize life is in the blood and the Bible tells us that. The issue is you just need healthy blood. So he attaches with this, uh, this numbing agent, then he t- starts to leech off of you, sucks your blood, he's a moocher. And then when you do find him on your ankle, because you've been walking outside out in the woods or on a hike or whatever and you do, you brush him off or he does fall off. As he leaves, this is, this is adding insult to injury, he, he leaves behind an anticoagulant. Now, <clears throat> words we don't use. Coagulant is what's in your blood system, and what it does is it allows your blood to co- uh, coagulate. It allows it to clot. Otherwise, you just would keep bleeding. So when you cut yourself, what stops the bleeding, you think, oh, it's the bandage. No, actually, the blood actually will circle up and it will start to go into white blood cell, and it'll fight off infection. It does a lot of things. Your body's amazing, and it, it fights off that infection. But then it goes into this process of forming a scab, right? And, and that scab stops the bleed, and then after a few days, that scab will brush right off, and you are right back to normal skin. That's a healing power of the Lord that he put in your in creativity. And so what you have in your body is this, this blood that won't drain all the way out if you get a cut unless something or somebody puts an anticoagulant on you. And that's what a leech does. So long after the leech gets shaken off, you're still bleeding because of the anticoagulant. Now, no show of hands right now, because I don't want to ask, I don't want you to know who in the room has had a leech attached to them and how traumatic that was. Just leave that alone, that's a bad memory. Talk to your therapist, okay? All right, but how many of you have had a relational leech? In your life who's attached to you and you don't even know it until oh my gosh he's, something keeps following me through the office you ever had this and then then you shake them off but you still feel the effects of them long after they're gone how many of you had a relational leech yes how many of you had a word a spotty word person leech i just have way too many words yeah how, how many of you had an emotional crutch leech and you're like i just need you to be there for me yeah okay how many of you have had a financial leech yeah yeah, you understand what a leech is, right? Just someone who comes and you don't even realize they're on you until they're already sucking the life out of you. And then you wonder, why, why am I anemic? Well, it's because I'm feeding another animal attached to me. And then when you get rid of that animal, what happens? You still are paying the consequences for it just to get rid of it because of the antiqua. What's the moral of this story, Dave? Get to the point. The point is, don't be the leech. Okay, write it down in big letters. Do not be the leech. Don't be the moocher. You be the giver. You be the blesser. Because you have so much to be thankful for. Okay, I'm going to give you four ways you can give. And those four ways are moving from easy to harder. Okay, here are the four. You, You... you need to be generous with your treasure you're saying oh my gosh that's the easy one yes it is why is that because you can always go out and make more money uh, you have a life you have energy you have a skill set you can go out and make more and you, so you can replenish that one pretty well but it, what it does is it detoxes you from consumerism when you give so you're saying to yourself right now if that's the easy one we're in trouble yeah then we're in trouble Here, here's what I know too i rarely pray for things that i don't contribute to why because i don't care and i don't need to be cruel but do you know why i pray for guatemala because juan and i write a check every month it's pretty simple part of my heart goes there okay so just understand when when you give to something your heart really goes into it that's important you may need to do that just for your own heart secondly uh, be generous with your talent, which is your giftedness, your uniqueness, what makes you so unusual. What, and that this becomes more about, about uh, how God has wired you. We have a lady in our church who attends our church, and she serves in our church, and she uses her gifts at South Potomac Church. But then I find out, well, growing up, she would tell me she would, she would help with uh, uh, things around SBC, but she's a ball player. You know she's, she's in, She has a corporate job and all that, but her real heart, her giftedness is in playing ball. If it's round and it flies through the air, she's there. Best Basketball, softball, baseball, doesn't matter. And so it was no surprise to me to find out she's actually working at a school for free just to volunteer to help them with the ball team. And why does she do that? Not for the money, she does it to mentor young kids. That's using her talents. And what it does is it puts Jesus on that campus. Does that make sense? It puts Jesus on that campus and it puts character, and she's developing character in the lives of young people in a way that a teacher or a coach isn't going to because she's just there as a helper. This is a different voice that's giving out of her personal gift set, okay? So give from your talent. Thirdly, give of your time. This, I told you it's gonna get more expensive as we go because some of us would just rather write a check and move on our way, right? It'd be easier, yeah. Yeah, don't ask me to be involved. How much was this? Yeah, just, just, can I just hand you some money and then you walk away? No, when you actually give of your time, you're actually saying, I care. And then fourthly, this is the hardest one. It's your personal touch. It's when you get involved yourself, okay? And this is the, this is the beautiful part. This week, I'm gonna ask you to give on level number four for sure. And the hardest day for you to do that may be Thursday. Let me explain what I mean. With personal touch, I want you to give a smile. Maybe a smile to people you've never smiled to. Maybe on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, on the bus or on the train, in traffic, where you were taught never to make eye contact. Smile, okay? Just give a little bit of yourself. Let them see the humanity of who you are. Sympathize with them actually care take a moment to breathe and listen speak up speak into their life be words of encouragement be uplifting words serve them where you can find a way to serve them because thursday something will go wrong and we can blame people or we can help and serve what what can i do to help okay and then it's sacrifice it's when you give up something really valuable to you That's when you get personally involved. And let me tell you, uh, a couple thousand years ago, uh, Galatians put it this way, when the time was just right, God the Father in heaven, when when the time was just right, he sent his son who gave of his treasure, but he didn't stay at, at a distance. He gave what his talent was unique to anybody else's And he gave his time, years on earth. And he became personally involved in our lives by giving of himself. And when you give of yourself like that, you're beginning to model and mentor what Jesus looks like. Isn't that cool? And your giving will be your way of saying, this season, thank you, God. Let's bow together for prayer. We are so grateful, Lord, that you gave the example of what love and loving giving, uh, uh, loving giving is all about. Thank you for Jesus, our Savior. Um, for some in the room right here, this is the day you say, "Yeah, that's the Savior I want to follow." For many of us in the room, we say we've been following Him, but we haven't been living this out. So, um, right now. Um, Right now, the word of God has been speaking to you because it's living and powerful and sharper than a double-edged sword. And you know, you know that you know, okay, it's time for me to step up and not be a mooch, not be a leech, don't be a giver. And maybe you've been given financially. That's wonderful. But you, you say, I, I don't give time. Why? Because my time's too valuable. You know, That could be the idol. That could be the idol. You say, well, I give, but I don't ever give in light of my, my talent. Or certainly touch. I don't ever want to be involved. I want to be able to detach. And that's exactly what Jesus did not do. He came to this world full of its sin, and he attached. And so right now, you say, okay, God, I get it. I get it. Would you surrender your heart to him now and tell him, may my life be giving because I am so thankful. We are so grateful for your wonderful gift, too good for words. Thank you for Christ our Savior, the fullness of your spirit. Do the work in our lives that we'd be the people who will in all situations give thanks to you. In Christ's name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.